Good evening, and welcome to Tuesday Night Live, the midweek service for Bright Temple Church of God in Christ. I pray that each of you are blessed on this evening as this broadcast comes in your direction. May I pray with you, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, for your people, for everyone of the sound of my voice. Lord, allow your word to penetrate our hearts, Lord, our minds and our spirits. Allow us to be receptive to this destiny moment as our lives and our own plans run headlong into your word. Allow your word to course correct us, to put us upon the path that you have for us, that we might be pleasing to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And God bless you. We're going quickly to the word of the Lord and we're going to 2 Kings, the sixth chapter. Again, that's 2 Kings, the sixth chapter. And we're starting at verse 11. And tonight we are reading from the Message Bible. The Message Bible records 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 11 like this. The king of Aram was furious over all this. He called his officers together and said, tell me, who is leaking information to the king of Israel? Who is the spy in our ranks? But one of his men said, no, my master, dear king, it's not any of us. It's Elisha, the prophet in Israel. He tells the king of Israel everything you say, even what you whisper in your bedroom. The king said, go and find out where he is. I'll send someone and capture him. The report came back. He's in Dothan. Then he dispatched horses and chariots, an impressive fighting force. They came by night and surrounded the city. Early in the morning, a servant of the holy man got up and went out. Surprise, horses and chariots surrounding the city. The young man exclaimed, oh, master, what shall we do? He said, don't worry about it. There are more on our side than are on their side. Then Elisha prayed, oh God, open his eyes and let him see. The eyes of the young man were opened and he saw a wonder. The whole mountainside full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. And the word of the Lord, it is blessed. Tonight, I want to talk to you about what is it that you see? Do you see what I see? The prophet and the young man were standing in the same place in our story. However, their view of the world was very different and their view was different, not because of a deficit of sight, not really because of deficit of understanding, but really there was a deficit of faith. The faith of the prophet opposed to the faith of the young man. The prophet by faith was able to see more than the young man was able to see. As a result of that, the young man was much more fearful, even though he was in the same situation as the prophet. The young man, I imagine his heart rate was up and his, his blood pressure was elevated, even though he was in the same position as the prophet. The only difference between the two is that one saw the situation through the lens of faith and one was only perceiving his situation based on his senses. And many times that is the difference between us, those who have faith and those of us whose faith is still a work in progress. It's not that one of our situations is more dire than the other. One of our situations is not putting us in any more jeopardy than the other. But the difference is one of us are experiencing life through the lens of faith, while other is, and the other is relying totally and completely on their senses.
Can you imagine that's maybe a difference from between you and the person at work that always comes in extra chipper and loud and always excited, excited about life. And I can hear them saying now, happy Monday, happy Tuesday, happy Wednesday. And some of us might be saying, what's happy about today? They're in the same situation. You're in the same circumstances. You're in a similar financial situation. You're working in a similar place. Your trials are much, much the same as mine. But why is there such a difference, a deficit in your attitude and mine? Why is your disposition so much sunnier than mine? And maybe the difference is one person is looking at their situation through the lens of faith, while the other is simply looking using their senses. And maybe, just maybe, we need to pray a prayer over ourselves. Or maybe we need to pray a prayer over someone else because I'm a big proponent of even the person that you think is your enemy at work. Maybe they just need your prayers. Maybe the person you think that is working against you and digging ditches for you, maybe they don't need you talking about them behind their back, but maybe it'd be better if you gave them your prayers. And maybe there was a prayer that you could pray for them. Maybe you can pray the prayer that Elisha prayed for this young man. Because while this man saw only doomed despair and an impending death, Elisha did not see the same. He saw the deliverance of God at hand. And because there was a deficit of faith, Elisha, instead of talking about the man and saying, you should do this and you should do that and you should be more faithful and you should go to church more often and running down all of the things that the young man should do and running all, running down the man by for all of the things that he's done wrong and maybe even accusing the man according to his past instead of doing all of those things that maybe if we don't do out loud maybe we do under our breath or in our thoughts when we're thinking about people who don't treat us as well as we'd like to be treated instead of running them down instead of talking about them instead of blaming them and accusing them according to their past Maybe you ought to pray the simple prayer that Elisha prayed for this young man. Oh God, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And maybe if you took the time to pray that over someone who's in a similar circumstance as you, maybe God would open their eyes. Maybe they would see things a little different and the first thing that they may need to see different is themselves. Maybe there is a deficit in not only in their understanding and a deficit in faith, but maybe there's a deficit in how they see themselves as opposed to how you see yourself. Maybe if they were to envision themselves differently, maybe if they were able to see a little hope in their circumstances, maybe if they attempted to look through the lens of faith and began to try to imagine to see themselves, not as others may look at them, but maybe as God sees them, Lord, for the person who works against me the hardest, or the person who talks about me behind my back, instead of talking about them, instead of judging them according to their past, Lord, I'm praying right now, Lord, open her eyes, Lord, open his eyes, so that they might see. Not only may they see their, their circumstances differently, but first of all, may they see themselves differently. And may they see your hand operating in their lives. May they see how your hand has preserved them unto now. Maybe they'll see what you've already done for them. And Lord, begin to live a life that's a little more grateful. It's a little more appreciative. 
of who you are and what you've done. Lord, remove judgment from my heart and from our minds. But rather, Lord, help us to pray. Lord, you said pray for those who despitefully use, the, use us to love our enemies. And for all of them, Lord, let us pray this simple prayer tonight. Lord, open their eyes so that they might see. I imagine once the young man's eyes were opened, his blood pressure went back down, his heart went back to its rather, its, its sinus rhythm. He found himself at more peace simply because God had quickened his faith. The prophet had prayed for him and allowed to look out the same window with the same eyes and see something different. And maybe God is challenging us right now because you know what some of us do instead of looking out the same eyes and looking out the same window, maybe we go get surgery <laughs> to enhance something. Maybe we're like, well, I'm not looking out the right window. Maybe I need to move to another city. I need to move to another state so that I can look out a different window and maybe then I'll see things differently. Maybe I need to remove myself from all my relationships. And maybe it's not me. Maybe it's my job. Maybe I need to change this job so I can see things differently. But remember, the key to seeing things differently is seeing yourself differently. And if you don't see yourself differently, you can change jobs. You can change spouses. You can change cities. You can change states. You can change how you look. You can change your appearance. But even though you're looking through an altered appearance, through a different window, out of a different house, in a different state, you're likely to see the same thing until by faith you can see yourself different. I'm speaking to someone who maybe you have already involved yourself in a lot of changes or maybe you're thinking that you need to change a lot of your circumstances. You think that I, I need to change so many things about yourself. If you want to change something about yourself, change this first. Before you leave that church, because the pastor said something that didn't rub you the right way. Before you leave that job, because you don't get along as well with your supervisor. Before you change cities or states, because a family member has offended you and all of a sudden you don't want to be around family or friends, you want to change your whole family and friend group. Before you make all of these drastic changes, why don't you pray this prayer first? Lord, help me see me differently. Help me see me differently. You know what I find interesting? Sometimes it's almost sad and disappointing. Many times you might have friction with people around you who don't like you simply because they see an ambition or they see something in you that you don't even see in yourself. You want an example of this? Let me give you one. There are many of us, we see famous athletes and stars and CEOs and rich people and we look and like, wow, I wish I had their life. I wish I had their finances. I wish I had their homes. I wish I had a job that was as prestigious as theirs. But then we have CEOs jumping out of multi-story buildings. We have famous actors and actresses ending their lives. 
And that thing that you thought was so important for you to achieve to make yourself feel better, at some point you have to begin to realize that you can have all of that, all of the accoutrements of wealth. But if you don't see yourself like God sees you, what does it mean? It's, it's all vanity if we can't see ourselves better. I've seen men and women who are of more dire circumstances than many of you who are listening, who don't seem to have much, who don't have many possessions, but yet they are at peace and they're happy with themselves. Think often of those who have who have shed away wealth, those who are uh, those who are, are nuns and those who are in monasteries. And many of them have shed away the accoutrements of wealth, and they live a solitary lifestyle where they're happy and where they are at peace because they recognize they're not defined by what they possess, but they just have to possess a better view of themselves. At some point, what you possess may begin to possess you. How is that? How is it that our possessions can possess us? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Sometimes you buy a new car and guess what? In a year or two, it's old. And you're thinking, well, I want a newer car. When does that pursuit end? I'll tell you the same with technology. You you buy a phone, you buy a computer, and before you know it, the next thing comes out. I remember several years ago, I was looking and I had been thinking and I was trying to price match and I did all of this to, to purchase a computer and I got the one that I wanted. And as soon as I got it, it wasn't hardly a month later that the new version came out. But I was happy with what I had. I shouldn't allow a newer version to upset me. Why? Because if I did, then I was allowing that which I possess to possess me. It was changing who I was. It was altering how I felt about what I have. And if what you possess has that impact on you, then the question is, are you possessing it or is it possessing you? Maybe you don't need to change and buy a newer computer or, or a newer laptop. Maybe you need to simply change how you feel about yourself. I'll tell you recently that my family, I've seen this sticker so many times before, and uh, I have to think of our, our late mother at our church, the late mother Yvonne Scales. I believe she had a sticker on one of her vehicles, and the bumper sticker said, don't laugh, it's paid for. And when I thought about that, when I got to a point where I paid off one of my vehicles, and I was like, praise God, I might not have the newest model, but I don't have a car note, so don't laugh at what I have, don't laugh at what I'm driving. It's paid for. Again, sometimes in the cycle to, to take on something new, you're taking on more debt, you're taking on more payments, and you're allowing your possessions to possess you, but maybe the next time you feel good about yourself and someone makes fun of you, you can just say, don't laugh. It's paid for. I'm paid for. If nothing else, I've been purchased by Jesus Christ. Christ has paid it all. And my happiness is not in what I possess. My happiness is not in having the newest version or the newest model. My happiness is in looking in the mirror and seeing myself the way that Christ sees me. So I, at another level, the question becomes this and I'm finished. 
I've told you don't flee everything. Don't drop every friendship. Don't move away before you begin to see yourself differently. But at some point, when you see yourself differently, you do have to examine who it is that you listen to. Who has your ear? I often say faith comes by hearing, but then I guess it would be a, a corollary of that. And so also does doubt. If faith comes by hearing, then so also does doubt. Doubt comes by hearing. So I have to be careful who I listen to. And when I listen, when I mean listen, I mean, who do I take advice from? Who do I listen to that their advice actually penetrates my heart and affects and impacts my decision making and my circumstances? At some point, when I began to envision myself differently, I have to watch out for people who can stand in the same place where I stand, look in the same direction I look. Look out the same window that I'm looking out of, but yet not see what I see. If they don't see what I see, maybe I don't need to change all my friends, but maybe I need to make an addendum. I need to add some friends to my life that when I look out the window, they have enough faith to see what I see. When you see evidence of what God is doing in your life and you begin to say, well, God is pushing me in this direction. You need a friend who will stand firm with you in faith and say, yes, brother. Yes, sister. I see that, too. I see what you see. When you get evidence that you are about to get elevated on a job or that God is moving you to a, a, a level where you're about to be promoted and, and, you, and you begin to take on that positive attitude and you begin to prepare yourself for what God is doing in your life and you're looking out the window and you see that, it's good to have somebody else in your ear who has faith on that same level. They can look out that same direction and look out that same window and say, yes, brother, yes, sister. I can see what you see. I challenge you to do that. Challenge you first of all. First of all, you need to examine how you see yourself. And when you begin to see yourself like God does, I challenge you also to examine your friend group, examine your circumstances. I need to have somebody else in my life who has faith on my level, who helps to reiterate in my ears and rehearse in my ears the same words that God would have me to hear. I ask you, do you see what I see? And if the answer to a man or to a woman in your friend group is that they don't, don't dump them all. Don't make dramatic changes. First, make sure you're seeing yourself differently. Then maybe it's time to add somebody to your life. Add a voice, add a friend, add a confidant, a confidant. That when you see yourself differently, they can look in the mirror with you and also see what God sees. I'm also going to challenge somebody right now. And God just put this in my spirit that for those of you who are single, those of you who are looking uh, for a mate, you're looking for a serious, committed relationship. Don't ever attach yourself to someone who can't see what you see. If they don't see what you see, if they don't see the you that God has is pushing forward in the future, not what you are now, but what you can be, what you shall be, then maybe that person is just your assignment for this level. Maybe they're not somebody you're supposed to be connected to. Because if you're going to see, spend time with somebody in a committed relationship in the future, you need somebody with faith on your level. 
who doesn't see you for your past, but sees you for what God desires you to be, who can look out the window and their answer to the question is yes. Yes, brother. Yes, sister. I can by faith see exactly what you see. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for these few moments that we've had your, for, with your people. Lord, help us to imagine and see ourselves the way you do. Lord, and when we look out that mirror by faith, Lord, help us to surround ourselves with persons who have faith on that same level that they can also see on that level. But Lord, for those of us who are in our lives right now, those that we might even consider enemies, Lord, let us not be judgmental of them. Let us not be accusatory of them for their past or not even for their present, what they're doing now, how often they go to church, Lord, how often they pray. But instead of being judgmental and accusatory, Lord, for the people in our lives, even those who may seem to be working against us, let's have the same spirit that Christ had, the same spirit he had when the man who was coming to take him when the disciple cut off his ear, even though he was being taken to be accused unjustly, he put the ear on, back on and restored him. Let us have a restorative heart, even for those who are operating against us. And let us pray the simple prayer that Elisha prayed for his servant. Oh God, oh Lord, open his eyes that he might see. We ask all of these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. I pray this evening that you have been blessed by what you heard. I pray that you can continue to operate with that faith. And before you make that drastic change, remember, before I look out a different window from a different house in a different city, in a different state, let me first look in the mirror and maybe I need to adjust how I see myself. Be blessed. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Give a Fund. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple. Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.